Welcome to We Think, We Talk, sponsored by Select Care Pharmacy, a pharmacy that is non-retail but that services the smallest of group homes to the largest of skilled nursing facilities with prompt attention and care and world-class customer service. All right, welcome back to another episode of We Think, We Talk. I'm excited today. I got a really good friend of mine and and uh, somebody that I know will be very interesting for people to talk to. I have Mr. Reverend Brandon Couch. Good afternoon. Good morning. How are we doing? Whatever time of day it is. <laughs> Whatever time you're listening. And a uh, little background, uh, Brandon is um, the pastor at Beaverdam Baptist Church in Williamson, and they have a lot of ties to that, and we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Brandon's a busy man. I know he's a husband, he's a father, he's a friend to a lot, but... but uh, for the listeners that don't know you, Brandon, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, like you said, I'm, I'm a pastor at Beaverdam Baptist in Williamston, and um, I've been going there nine months before I was born, if you know what that means. Yep. <laughs> that's I, true. I was, uh, I was born there, and, um, you know, like every every kid goes there, I, I was wild and had fun, and no one, if you had asked people when I was 15 or 16 if I'd be pastoring the church, they'd probably laugh at you, but <laughs> um, got called in the ministry, and... Um, uh, left for ten years to go serve in other places because if I hadn't have left, they'd always saw that little kid hanging out the windows or you know running right. in the attic. That's and true. Uh, left for left for ten or ten years and come back home for a for opening to help the current staff that was there. And mm. um, man, uh, I, I've been there ever since. And the, the the current pastor that was there, he had left and took a position in another church and. Being the associate pastor, I stepped in that role, and uh, uh, God's been blessing ever since. It's, it's been fun. It's been trying, um, but, man, the Lord's blessing. Um, what's odd is is during that call, before I was called, right out of high school, mm-hmm. I went to Tech and then um, didn't just didn't like that and got a job right out of high school working at Steelworks of the Carolinas mm-hmm. in, um, in Powdersville with my dad my uncle. Works and worked there for four years and just always I've always had a technical mind and had an opening come up at uh, my current positions at mm-hmm. SCDOT for the private field and uh, come in there as just a, an assistant um, engineering inspector and um, now I've, I've been there for sixteen years been mm-hmm. there a long time and now I'm kind of the assistant resident construction engineer over like special projects and mm-hmm. uh, right now I'm currently managing um, Rupper Mountain Rupper Mountain Road Extension project new and uh, i've been say i won't uh, bust on you because i didn't drive down that way yeah <laughs> well you know i i was able to to be the, the assistant resident over uh interim assistant resident over the interchange the big boy yeah 385 and uh you know i've i've just been blessed you know i'll be able to retire i'm, I'm 20 20 i'm 38 years old and i'll be able to retire in 11 years uh, oh. full benefits been there for 28 years and my plan is to probably to still work there and continue pastoring. Um, right. You're right. Life is busy, busy because between balancing working at the state and then uh, being a, being a pastor right. um, with that comes a visit and we'll talk about all that later. But, but, you know, my first calling is to be a, a good husband first yeah. and uh, to love my wife and to, to try to raise a son, to be a functioning member of society. That's hard. Yeah, um, it is. I was going to ask you, I was thinking about this. Uh, last night, because I've known you your whole life. That's dangerous, um, I, but yeah. I, yeah, yeah. And I know your family, and I love mm-hmm. them. You know, the, Same here. all great people. Um, but I thought about it, and, you know, you definitely, you know, you put your heart and soul in, into the pastor in that church. And it's clear to see. Um, matter of fact, I even know that you... You're pastoring at another church tonight, I think. Yeah, I'm preaching. Uh, I'm preaching a, a community, little community Thanksgiving revival tonight. Right, right. Yeah. So you know that's why I say you're a busy man. But what popped in my mind, just as an afterthought, was uh, what What do you think is harder, being a good husband or being a good pastor? Um, you know that's a that's a tough question. They, it's not to me if you if you love if you know the the foundation. For our faith is mm-hmm. love, um, love that the Christ had for us. Mm-hmm. But that's the greatest commandment is that we're to, we're to love the Lord with all of our heart, mind, and soul. And the second greatest commandment is to love our neighbor as herself. And mm-hmm. I think that, honestly, I don't find either one difficult to, to do because if the foundation of everything that I do is love, right. then, then it's, not, it's not that difficult. What's difficult is um, I have more of a tendency to give 120% to everyone in my life, and I have to be really careful yeah. that I don't give 
my wife Brittany and Bryce what's left over. And and most of the time, sadly, they see the tired side of me. Um, but uh, it's it's not that hard because I got a good wife that is very understanding. She loves the Lord. Yeah, loves her job. Um, she works in the dental field. Right, and um, she's very understanding. And uh, it it's really not that difficult as long as uh, either one of them, as long as you start and end with love. It's you know it's really hard, and it took me a long time to learn that. As you know, I I was executive director of communities forever, mm-hmm. and I was on call twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, and you know, you know my family just as well as I know yours. And, right. you know, luckily now, you know, my kids are, are grown up. They're still at home, but they're in college. and They're men. They're men. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not boys anymore. But um, you ask Lori now, Lori will still take them out. Yeah. But for all that time, in my mind, to be a good father, the definition was only split into two parts of my brain. I didn't look at it the way I should have really looked at it. You know, it's kind of like that, that saying, I wish I would have known now. Or then what I know now. Right. Because I understood what, you know, let's just be honest, it takes money to survive. You know, uh, uh, now even 35% more money that we don't have to survive for the same things. Yep. But I tried to push and push and push. And, but I also, I really did love my patients. Yeah. And, and people have a hard time understanding that as an executive director because, the side note is a lot of a lot of people don't know that part, but you know I'm a nurse as well, right? And a federally licensed administrator, so I didn't know sometimes which role to kick into. Mm-hmm. So, just as you would expect, you know anything critical that would go on for the last 15 years of my life, uh, whether it be a 2 a.m. Uh, somebody passed away, mm-hmm. uh, I was to be there. Uh, anything as far as uh, functionality with the building, um, anything from a, a, a fire extinguisher, I mean, a fire sprinkler or uh, a faulty alarm system or just a family member, you got to think. Mm-hmm. Some, of the, some of the communities, I had two, 300 residents, which means times two, at least two family members. You know, those are phone calls at 2, 3 in the morning. But I always had a pair of clothes at the go. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I was successful at what I did. I admit it. I mm-hmm. I had everything that I thought a father right. should be able to provide. I had the uh, the pretty house and the country club. I had <clears throat> everything the boys wanted. Um, thought I was giving Lori a good life. Yeah. Um, but I was run down. I mean, mm-hmm. I was kicked to the floor because of what they did see of me. And now the boys are men. You know, they tell me they just enjoy the time. Right. You know, they appreciated maybe, you know, the clothes and, you know, an automobile or yeah. whatever. But you learn real quick when when your adult son tells you, you know, I really like having you around. Yeah. And it's not about what you can give them. Right. And But I did love my job. That was the mm-hmm. hard part. So I, I, I genuinely believe I gave probably 110% to my job. And probably 70% to my family at yeah. that time. And now I've learned how to balance that. Right. And it makes a difference. It, it does. It, 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 there's more of a support system at home when they see that you're given, honestly, that equal amount of time. The world tells you to live opposite from how right. how I, I believe. I try to raise my family. You know, I've, I I was taught at, a, at an early age that, and I've kind of always aspired to be this way, that if, if you chase a dollar you'll always be chasing right and um you know i I try try because i believe that every 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 title that i have every Mm -hmm. everything whether it be dad Mm -hmm. husband um assistant resident engineer or pastor Mm -hmm. every job that i have i want to do it to the best of my ability using all the talents and the skill level that i've been given Mm -hmm. and when i when i first started out i i wanted to be i wanted to be the best at everything Mm -hmm. um and god's given me an ability an unamazing um, amount of talent in music. Um, yeah, I, I play one, music. One, yeah, one thing. Uh, yeah, let me mention that because that blows my mind every time. Matter of fact, I think that's the most talked about subject between me and Lori. Just where we enjoy is uh, uh, one thing Brandon can do. He can play anything with strings on it. That's right. um, he can play a piano, and the boy can sing. Mm. Um, and he's played with some big names. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but you know when you do it you know and, and i'm gonna say this just just off the brain of what i see there's a portion at church when when we attend that brandon does a morning service and and then he does a a later service so he does like a contemporary service and then um a, a traditional contemporary service i think that's how you say it right and uh Anyway, so I'll get to see Brandon kind of practicing or rehearsing some of the music for the uh, more contemporary service, and I just have fun with that, yeah. you know. And but what's fun about it is more so than enjoying, you know, just listening to you is watching the smile that you get. Yeah, because it almost seems like that portion of it when you grab your guitar. Yeah, is a release. It's like something that you know, and it's just like your relaxation point. It 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 comes natural to me. I can't read music, right? I taught myself how to play the piano. Mm-hmm. I took my guitar down there and sat at the piano and and uh, taught myself how to play that. But growing up, where where people enjoyed going out and hanging out with their friends, and I did my fair share later on in high school, like my junior mm-hmm. senior year. But where I learned to play all the instrument was in fifth, sixth, and seventh grade. Mm-hmm. All these kids was playing sports and everything. I mean, you can look at me and tell I don't <laughs> don't play sports, but um, I chase Debbie cakes and not baseballs. But I do too. So. <laughs> but but I um I would play instruments and learn to play, and that become that become my checkout. So so getting back to what I was saying was I wanted to be the best, not not because of a competition. See, right. I wanted to be it because of the standards that I set for myself mm-hmm. and what happens and. And life is um, kind of touching on what, what mm-hmm. you did there. Is um, we have we have people who who are competing with so much in mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's my I didn't raise my son to want all the name brand stuff, but he right. automatically wants it because that's what's pushed it around his friends. And and we have to be careful in in life to where we don't start seeing the burden mm-hmm. of providing for our family mm-hmm. versus being there for our. Mm. Uh, for our family because Absolutely. you can make money. You can buy a PlayStation 4, but you can't buy time back. No. And and I refuse to, even in all the op- job offers that I have with engineering firms and and stuff, I refuse to uh, take a position that's going to provide for my family financially and versus me being there. And mm-hmm. so I, I don't want to look back on my life and go, man, I wished I'd have been there more. I mean, yeah. uh, I come I come so close to losing my son and yeah. and oh, yeah. with every birthday it's it's a stark reminder that um you know, he he it could not be the way that that it is right now. So, I try not to take advantage of of any opportunity that I have. So, so this world will tell you kind of what you and I and every person, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe listening to this is um the burden of I mean, I got I got to make a lot more money, and you need money to to have a place to live and to have a car and all of that stuff. But I think it does come at a price, and and I, there's a price that I'm just unwilling to pay, and that's I'm not I'm not going to sacrifice time with my family. Well, I'm I think I'm lucky because of this. Some people, unfortunately, never get the lesson taught to them before it's their time. Before, that's that's before a good the, point. And for me, I, I don't I don't consider it luck. I, I you know personally, I think God did the shutdown. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, and and obviously you 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 know that I have a strong faith. Yeah, and and even folks listening to this that really you know don't have a specific faith, uh, you know, but believe in you know inner gut and feeling this applies. Yeah, my faith it showed me when I was because I was at the very top of my game, um, and I don't say that braggingly. I, I say that because of the work I put into it. Mm-hmm. But when sometimes you hear the you, you hear a little knocking at the door, right? Right. And but when you're on that level and that mindset, you never come close to answering that door. Right. But God has a good way of letting you know real quick how big he is. Right. And you know, it's just kind of like a prayer. Sometimes mm-hmm. when people pray for something, they're praying too little. Yeah. They don't understand that. That they're praying for something small, and this is the man that created everything. Right. Um, so what he did is he knocked at that door for a couple of years, and uh, now I always tried to be a faithful servant, mm-hmm. as we all do, you know. And I always fell short, but I always tried because of the of the business and the industry I'm in. I want people to have comfort, you yeah. know, and spiritually, you know, spiritual health and. 
but yet I fell short because of the other parts of the life that, you know, you, you pushed and pushed. And finally, he just went and put, I put, call it put the smack down. Yeah. He just said, let me show you how big I am. And, but at the same time, let me show you how I'm going to show you everything's all right. Right. Because I believe that he knew where my heart was. Right. But unfortunately, our heart and our brain sometimes. Don't match up. No, it yeah. doesn't. And that was a big, big statement for me. Mm-hmm. And I'll be quite honest with you, that was w- within the last two years. Yeah. Um, and I'm so lucky to have been able to live, to have that time that I can't get the time back. Right. But I've, I've made a lot of amends with my own family mm-hmm. that I didn't realize that, you know, well, I knew that I probably had shorted them. But now they got overabundance of me. Yeah. So now I think they're like, don't you got somewhere to go? Yeah. yeah. Or something to do. But, you know, with my current job, it's, it's wonderful because, you know, the owner of the company I work for, he is that type guy that understands the balance. Right. And he wants that balance. And he knows that I'm better served for that balance. Well, if, and if things are not right at home, um, it, it bleeds over into everything. Right. And uh, that's, that's where you, you got to be careful, you know. I mean, and I, I'm, I'm with you. You know, I know that uh, – I, I believe what I believe because I, I believe the evidence is there. And, oh, yeah. And, um, uh, and I know that God's got a, got a purpose for, for everything, you know? You know, it, it's funny because I, I, I had a text this to myself because I know I was going to bring this up, but I wanted to, to ask you about this thought because I see this a lot in the medical field and, in the, and right now the professional field alone. Um, there's a song out yep. on the radio, and it's called Does Anybody Hear Me? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Mm, it's no. by the Casting Crowns. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And it basically, the video, if you watch this video, it's it's interesting. It shows this young lady basically going through getting deeper and deeper away from her spirituality. Right. But many opportunities, what it shows more in the video is so many people along her way, she was basically asking for that help. It shows right. shows the scene where she's even standing at the, the stepway to the church, mm-hmm. looking, trying to decide, and there were 30 people standing around right there, but no one spoke to her. Right. So she moved on. Mm-hmm. Luckily, in the video, someone spoke, and then he kind of starts the next verse, the ending verse, by there's this guy. So he's going, telling the story about, okay, h- how many people out there are there that are top of their game? They're, say, working in the medical field. They're they're out working uh, DOT. They're, they're in any, insert any job there, right? Right. And especially through a pandemic when, and right now we're at a, we're at a uh, complete recess of 35%. Everything's more expensive. Life is throwing pressure on everybody. Right. We're starting to see the signs of the pressure mm-hmm. big time. And some of these folks, the things, the thing that they're missing is that spiritual right. help. Mm-hmm. Um. Why, why is it, do you think, that that we miss those people sometimes? Well, you do, miss those people or those signs? Signs. I'd say signs. Well, I mean, you, are you talking about, like, faith in general? Faith in general or, you know, it, it just made it interesting because, like, one thing I try to do, and, and Lori mentioned this. She actually gave me a compliment. So you had, yeah, so I've recorded this now. So. <laughs> but, and she does it too, is if I see somebody... And I just happen to pass them. I may smile at them, speak to them, yeah, a hello, a something, because I do firmly believe that that may be the only kind thing that's said to them or done to them all day. I don't know what's happened to them mm-hmm. before I saw them or that week before or anything, but maybe they saw a smiling face. Yeah, I think that, so So to kind of touch on, on your first thing, is it's kind of like, Kind of piggybacking off of the yeah. other thing is I I think that um, just to be honest with you the world yeah. that we live into yeah. uh, there there's no room for diversity right um, 
you're either on the left side or the right side, and the left side's not going to listen to the right, and the right side's not going to listen to the left. And, mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm not even talking politically. I, I mean, no, nowhere, just, nowhere near that. But that, right. the example that I'm giving you is um, the days are long gone of men sitting around a coffee table or or drinking a beer, gra- grabbing a coffee, whatever, and right. talking and saying, hey, t- tell me how you believe politically or tell me how you believe mm-hmm. um, spiritually. Um, and essentially, here's what we were saying back in the – 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s was, hey, change my mind. I'm, yeah. o- I'm, I'm, I'm open to discourse. Right. And people are not open to discourse anymore. No. And I think the reason is because they got Google. Um, they have Google. Yeah. And they, they believe that um, Google has made people um, feel like they, I hate to use the word smart, but they, they feel like they've made the, they, I feel like that, that Google has made people, um, you can essentially look for anything you want, and it's made them pretty solid in mm-hmm. what they think they believe. It's gave them an answer, and yeah. so they believe that answer to be yeah. the right answer. Yeah, and and gone are the days of turn your phone off and let's just sit here and talk. Let's. Mm-hmm. I'm a very logical person, mm-hmm. and um, I, 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 if something doesn't make sense to me, um, I'm going to go searching for answers. And I can promise you, I'm, I, I'm, I, I may include. Google, but right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go read and and look for the answer myself, and so, so I believe the reason that people are are missing that that spiritual side is they've either they've already made their mind up as mm-hmm. to yes I'm gonna believe mm-hmm. that spiritually that there is a higher power out there or no it's too little it's it's a little too far fetched for me, mm-hmm. and and those people on both sides of the aisle um, are afraid to sit down. And talk with one another, mm-hmm. and um, and have and have open discourse, and so what happens is when you, when in my opinion, when you get in that mindset, um, you're just going to continue going down that path you're going down, right? Unless you start having an open heart and open mind, and you sit down and say, "Hey, I don't have to agree with everything you say, but 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 let's talk." And so, I believe that one of the reasons why people are missing whatever they're missing spiritually. Is because they're just unwilling to just have an open heart and say, "Hey, let, let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about the the evidence or the probability of or how you come to the conclusion that there's something out there." You know. You know, and you hit it right on the nail on the head because even me, I, I'm gonna put myself in the older category just because simply when I was growing up, I didn't have Google to go to in high school, or I'd have killed it. I mean, you know, the high yeah. school, uh, you know, Miss Foster and Miss Weaver, and the, they would think differently of me. You now. had Miss Foster, yes, Brownie, Brownie Foster. Oh man, yeah, I ran over her cat by accident. She lives on the same road that my wife lives on. <laughs> that well, that well, not me and my wife. Do I'm not, not laughing separate. about your cat, Miss Foster. I'm just saying, <laughs> me and my wife do not live separate. My wife lived when she lived with her father, right. I saw her outside of Miss Foster and I. We love each other now, but she did not like me in high school. You know something, Miss Foster. I know we're getting off subject, but this has got it's, it. Actually, relates to what we're talking about. People mm-hmm. talking. Her husband. Now, when it comes to storytellers, I love good storytellers, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you ever had the opportunity to hear him. I did. But let me tell you something. That man flat can tell a story. He's one of he. I mean, he's a true professional storyteller. Yep, I have, and it's unbelievable. Yep. You know, there's not. You can't read a book. Mm-mm. You can't listen to a song, uh, or anything that that will get that's better than him. Right. Because he puts he puts you there. And I remember the story specifically. I won't go with the whole story, but it was about the Bag Lady of New York. Mm-hmm. And it just to this day it sticks with me. But I had Miss Foster for math. Yeah. So, um, luckily she liked me. Yep. At that point, so to be quite honest with you, I, the, what I remember, I think was, I think it was geometry, maybe. But what I remember is she would let me and Ty Owens out of her class pretty early, and we'd run and get biscuits. Yeah. So you know that's kind of what. But she was all, and, and her daughter Sally was in my grade. Right. And uh, so yeah, but you know you ran over a cat and. <laughs> You know, you well, and, and you know, you were different in high school because I didn't mean to, though. Uh, well, I, it, wasn't, I, it wasn't on purpose, Andy. I don't like cats, <laughs> so I mean, I'm not even mad at you, but yeah, but but what what I was but what I was thinking is okay, so I was around before I think the internet came out in '91. Okay, I graduated high school in '95. Thanks to Al Gore. Yeah, no pun intended. Yeah, no pun intended. 
Uh-huh. And so really, even what internet we had was AOL dial-up. So you had one computer in the house, and everybody was around it, and maybe— Gosh, I remember that. Yeah. That, that noise is vividly— <laughs> Yeah. <it's>, <laughs> you know, um, you are whatever. Yeah. You know, it was weird. You've got mail. You've got mail. That's right. So really couldn't use it as a tool, Right. right. Um, other than, you know, so we still had to, if I wanted to talk to a friend, I either call them on the phone, but more, more after so. After nine, after nine. Oh yeah. 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 Because it was 45 cents a minute. <laughs> um, well, I can remember even on our home phones when I couldn't call certain places because it was long distance. Right. And, um, um, you know, my mom would take my head off. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just, don't do it, you know? So we'd get, we'd get in the car or before we drove, you know, get in the bicycle, you know, or walk, and you, that's how you got along with your friends, with people. Y'all had conversations. Right. And as I became an adult, one thing that I miss that people don't do, and I think it's a sad resource that we miss, and this is putting more on you, on your job, not the, yeah. not that you're not already strapped, but you see relationships, mm-hmm. all right? And now I can't. I'll, I'm coming up on 25 years in a couple of months. All right, so that's a, that's a long stretch. Um, I'm not allowed to trade her in for a new model, apparently. Yeah. Um, but in 25 years, you're going to have a few disagreements. Oh, yeah. Okay? You're going to need outside counsel mm-hmm. that would be impartial and maybe help both of you see each other's side through it. Right. Now, back in the day... You had your pastor. Yeah. But it seems to me that now people are just almost embarrassed or scared to call that pastor for counseling because they forget that the pastor, his main job is a counselor. Well, you know, I'm going to disagree with you really? a little bit there. Um, Maybe it's just me. One of the... <laughs> no. <clears throat> excuse me. One of the, one of the biggest blessings that I have pastoring a church is the people. Mm-hmm. I love preaching the gospel. Mm-hmm. It is the good news given unto mankind mm-hmm. um, that that sin will be judged, mm-hmm. and it was judged by Christ on Calvary, and we can walk away blameless. Yeah. And I love preaching the gospel. I love mm-hmm. it. But I love people, and where I'm going to disagree with you is yeah. I'm not going to – I will not dare share dirty laundry. Yes, no. Because I honor confidence. Um, sure. I will. I was told by my old mentor that um, pastoring means you got to look at you got to look at somebody mm-hmm. and say I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh yeah. When you do, because confidence and people run in their mouth and loose lips have destroyed marriages, businesses, churches. Oh, homes. it's just like HIPAA. I yeah, mean, yeah. I get it. it. It's awful. Um, but if you if the people see that love and they know you care about them, mm-hmm. um, our people at Beaverdam they reach out and uh, it's a burden, but it's a blessing. Yeah, I know, and I shoulder the load for a lot of couples and marriages who are struggling. Yeah, and some won't come back to the church because other people in the community know what's going on, mm. um, and some don't come to church because they think others in the community know and they don't. Mm-hmm. But but desperate times calls for desperate measures, mm-hmm. and um, they people reach out to people that they can trust. That's true, and. Um, uh, the, you know, you you've known me for a long time, Andy. Yeah. I'm oh, yeah. not, I don't sugarcoat. No, I, no. I, I, that, that's that's why I wanted you on the show. I don't like. I, I don't. Um, I have very. I have a lot of people who are acquaintances, mm-hmm. and I love a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of people, um, it's it's an acquired taste to people that's not going to look at you and say, "Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said there." You know, yeah, right, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to, and I, I don't. And I don't think that's fair. To couples, I don't think that's fair to individuals. Why am I going to, if I see someone that I literally li- know that's legitimately doing something that I know is going to hurt them um, or that they could do something a little bit better? Mm-hmm. I'm not judging. I'm just going to say, hey, let me give you some insight. Who who am mm-hmm. I and what kind of pastor or friend am I that's not going to give them good sound advice, you know? Well, I'm glad, you, I'm glad to hear that I was wrong, to be honest with you, because for some reason that's been worrisome to me. Yeah. Um, because my go-to, and, and the reason that church means a lot to me, I kind of hinted at this at the beginning of the show, is I've got married at that church. Now, yep. let me tell you a story I don't know if you ever knew. Now, let's back up for a minute because this is good. I, I know we're talking about mental health. This is mental health right here. <laughs> One of my first dates with Lori, my wife, 
was at church. Okay, so literally, now I'm gonna, I'm going to paint the picture for everybody listening here. So, so my English teacher's daughter and I went to high school together, and she was gorgeous, and I can remember her saying to me, and I, and, and I don't remember how this came about or what it was, but uh, she said, I, I want you to come to church with me. This was a Sunday night. So I drove to her house, and I was already like nervous enough in my head because her mother's my English teacher. That's a problem already. I yep. don't care who you are in life. That's just an instant problem. And I'd never met her dad before. And... <laughs> Then I met her dad, and at that time, her dad, he was probably six foot, three plus, 300 plus, mm -hmm. and didn't talk, and just looked at you. <laughs> he I still was, does sometimes. Hey, yeah. Well, he, he still just looks at me sometimes now, too. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, what have I got myself in? Because we'll do some crazy stuff for, for, for girls. Yeah. Uh, or I know I would, and and I knew she was so far beyond my scale or my scope, and she was just a nice person, yeah. like genuinely a nice person. So, but I knew I had a nice person when she said, "Well, just take come take me to church Sunday night." Yeah. Okay. Now, this is the story that you don't know. Here's behind the scenes. Up until then, I was a Presbyterian. I'd always went to a Presbyterian church. I grew up Presbyterian. Yeah. I knew nothing different. I knew nothing of the Baptist uh, folks other than they were nice. And I would see them at every death with, with food and <laughs> macaroni and, and cheese. Yes, and Lord. Fried chicken. And, um, but I'd always see them at church, too, because see, and, and, and I'm not dogging on the Presbyterian church because I love the Presbyterian church. I grew up in it. But see, at the Presbyterian church, we'd go Sunday night. I mean, Sunday morning. Yeah. And then uh, I'll see you next Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Well, you'd ride by every other Baptist church in the small town that, you know, we lived in, and there's hundreds of churches. And and all the other churches that weren't Presbyterian, cars are always in the parking lot. So you're wondering, well, why are they always at church? <laughs> and uh, so I didn't know. So, But I was, I, I, I think, I guess I was 16, okay? So... I pick her up, and after I get through the nerves and go through all that good stuff, and meet her dad, and he's just staring at me, and I'm like, <laughs> "This is this is this is a bad bad decision because I'm going to get beat up." And I saw all the guns and stuff he had, like mm -hmm. just hanging on the walls. I'm like, "He was ready for you." Oh, yeah, I, it, without a doubt. So I take her, and we sit on the third row to the left. Matter of fact. You know the pew, the one now that has been cut to wheelchair accessible. Okay, yeah. at the time it wasn't. And there I, there I sat, and preacher farmer, bless his heart, he was standing up there. And I did not know that the choir, and at this time the choir was full, and there was this gentleman in the choir that we, we all know, uh, Mr. Wayne, yep. sitting up in the choir, the full choir. I didn't know they were doing a play. I didn't know they did skits. In the Presbyterian Church, you don't see a skit or a, or interaction, I should say. Right. Well, Preacher Farmer said, and I'm going to say verbatim of what happened here. Lori will back me up on this, and this has been at least a laughing point in our life. Preacher Farmer was looking out at the congregation, and he says, that day, that day on Calvary, and all of a sudden, Mr. Wayne stood up. And at that time, you know, I thought Mr. Wayne was 100 then, okay? Because Mr. Wayne's been around. Yeah. Mr. Wayne stands up, and I'm telling you with a straight face, and you know how loud he talks and that deep, booming voice he has? Yep. He said, Preacher, I was there. My brain went, that was 2,500 years ago. Uh, this is a cult. I'm gone. I stood up. <laughs> And headed out. Yeah. Went down the stairs. And I heard Lori standing at the top of the stairs. Where are you going? What 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 are you doing? I'm like, You were pretty and all that. I said, but I can't get caught up in a cult. And she started dying laughing. And she said, You know, that was a play, right? Like just an interaction. 
and they went into song after that, yeah. like a song called like I and was you there. Didn't know it was a play. I didn't know it was a play. So probably for the first. Ended up marrying Lori, okay, for a lot of you listeners. And and Preacher Farmer was our counselor. He married us and counseled us through after we got married, okay? Right. So I officially became a member of the church and have been now for 25 years. <laughs> but for the first 15 years, and I hate to say it this way and and and, and – I want the church folks to know that I don't mean this negatively. A lot of people had to die out before they let go of that. Yeah. They thought that was the funniest. I couldn't go over to the social hall without being a joke. Yeah. Hey there, we're we going to do a play. And, and they just thought, and, I, and I, now I see how hilarious it was. But do you, do you see how that would throw somebody off? Like, yeah. But But you know what? So I came back, though. Lori convinced me, well, you want to you see me again? Yeah. Well, meet me at church on Sunday morning. Uh oh. Well, by that time, Jimmy Farmer, of course, makes a reference to we will not be doing a skit or play this morning and looks right at me and laughs. Yeah. And from that day forward I knew I was in the right place. Right. Because even though I got up and did something that wasn't really acceptable at church, like I didn't make a scene, but I just moved out of there, buddy. Because I mean, I was a little dude back then. I was hundred and fifty two pounds. I could move. Yeah. And I was out. But they accepted me and loved me for that. That's who they are, yeah. And that, you you have to look at that situation and, and realize, you know what? There's a bunch of people around here that don't really know me. They saw me at the weirdest, scariest part in my mind. Yeah. And still loved me for it. Right, yep. And then I realized, you know what? That spiritual family, that church family, a real church family mm-hmm. is so important. It is. Um, I think you being a pastor without having those church family you alluded to earlier, it'd make your job impossible. Oh yeah. Yeah, it would. Um, the, one of the biggest blessings of the, the church, the church is not brick and mortar. No. The church is the people, the people there. And, uh, um, man, it's just nice to know that, you know, you've got somebody in, in your corner. Now, now, not all church folks are like that. No, no, no. Some Sometimes some of your most harshest, meanest people in this world are sitting on the church pews on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And sadly, they're, they're, they be, they're, they're under the banner or they're waving this banner of the cross. And they're, they're as lost as a ball in high weeds mm-hmm. because they're not living out the greatest commandment uh, mm-hmm. with the second greatest of loving your neighbor. And, but, but for the most part, um, it's good to know that there's people in your corner that's pulling for you and uh, mm-hmm. that are there for you in 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 tough times. You know, I mean, my, my son Bryce, you, I mean, I think I said this earlier about how close we come to losing him. I mean, oh, he was. Yeah, I, I remember. He's a twenty twenty four weeker and yeah. uh, debates about a twenty three weeker. But when he was born, his his ears were still pinned back, his eyes were still matted shut. I remember a picture of your wedding ring. Yep, got it on my phone. Yeah, that that sticks with me. He was. I, you know what? I there were people that weren't church people, mm-hmm. and this is because of your character. This has nothing to do with your accomplishments since then. There were so many people that saw that picture that I can tell you that you probably will never know. That I know that that have no belief in a higher power. They're just you know naturally spiritual people. Right. They were praying for you. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and that hit home oh, for yeah. a lot of people. And it was it was um, and I I can tell you you know with that, and then we lost we lost a little girl mm-hmm. named Abby, and mm-hmm. uh, through through all of that, to know that we had people there, God was going to take care of us. Mm-hmm. We to know we had people praying for us was a blessing. Mm-hmm. But you're probably going to laugh at this, but the Baptist way is, man, can we feed you? Like you going through? Oh, you got COVID. Hey, let's set up a meal train, and we're gonna make sure we'll put it on your front porch, and you bring it in. You know, you know, I know this because when I <laughs> when I joined the church, I weighed one hundred and fifty two pounds. Let's not play. Guess what? Anyways, now, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, it's crazy, but yeah. yeah. The, so, so the best way that I can equate that feeling was went to know that there's there's people in the church that you know care for you is when we were in the hospital with Abby mm-hmm. um, she, she wasn't she wasn't doing well my mm-hmm. wife wasn't doing well um, she was on magnesium because when when she gave birth to Abby her 
blood pressure was like I got a picture. It was two forty five over one forty, oh. and she's near death. And she she remembers like feeling like she was speaking, but she wasn't saying anything mm-hmm. and couldn't move. Just really teetering on the edge of losing her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she gave birth to Abby, and um, my dad and my father in law. Um, slept down in the waiting room back mm-hmm. then it was no obviously no covid protocols no. my dad and my my father-in-law slept down in the waiting room didn't didn't want to be in there with us abby was fighting for her life Brittany was fighting for hers and just the peace and comfort in knowing that 20 20 feet away mm-hmm. i got somebody that i can walk down there and say hey we need some help and mm-hmm. and that's exactly what happened they woke us up in the middle of the night on october the second and uh, said hey you got to get down to the nursery something's happened you know and and um, I don't know if you know much about Memorial, but oh, yeah. on maternity wings, no you know, you go down yeah. and you can turn right and to head towards NICU. Yes. And uh, when you turn right, there's a there's a wait. The waiting room's right there. Mm-hmm. Well, my dad and Todd were um, sleeping in there, and I turned around and I said, "Hey, y'all, something's happened." And to know that comfort that that they were there to help help us walk through that. It, it, that's the that's the best way that I can equate. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest benefits of the church body is we're called as that as mm-hmm. a body, and um, the fingers no no more important than the thumb, mm-hmm. or the eyes is no more important than the ears. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have a job to do, and mm-hmm. we're all one body, and mm-hmm. we're here to help each other function and uh, and and to glorify God along the way. You know, it's it's my mission. You know, with with this podcast and it it my goal is for it to to reach and touch a lot of people and there are a lot of people right now that are just actually struggling i mean the health care right now for the workers i got phone calls all through the week of of you know and not to even go political again but let's let's talk about the covid shot right Several hospitals right now now have a mandatorium where you have got to have the shot by a certain day. If not, you don't have a job. Right. And regardless of where you fall on that belief, there's there's a lot of pressure and tension up on some folks right mm-hmm. now. Just the pure last two years of the hours and everything that the doctors and nurses and nursing assistants and the kitchen staff and the janitorial staff – Everybody associated with health care in the hospital and assisted living long term, anywhere, they've been pushed to the limits, you know, that they never thought in their life they would see. Yep. But I really think a missing point that would help a lot is to be able to get a, get theirself a church family. Yeah. Because, <clears throat> I, you know, I can tell you just from personal experience and not speaking for anybody – but when I was so busy, you know, it's not that I was away from the church, but really I think I, I spiritually I, I was. Now, see, I was conducting services for my residents. Yeah. But it wasn't for me. Yeah. And amazingly, the comfort that you'll have, because I endured all those pressures. I literally, I worked until August the 11th of 2020. Mm-hmm. That was slap in the middle of COVID town. Yep. And the pressure I was under every day, because everything was my fault. I mean, if you want to look at it as yeah. as the administrator, I mean, right. and all the protocols and everything, the the regu- regulatory system. I mean, you you know, you work for the state. You know, there's a lot of rules we have to follow for everything. And all that being said, um, just finding. When you don't, when when you can answer everybody's questions, mm-hmm. but you're at the top, it's so lonely because you don't have somebody to turn to. Right. And it hit me then too that no, you do. Yeah. You just you didn't lose your faith, but you lost the family. Now all I had to do was pick up the telephone, but see, I was I was not thinking that direction. Because it's been a long time since somebody reminded me that that church is there for you. Yeah. You know, it's not just there for you on Sunday morning. That church is there. And I'll be quite honest with you. You know, I, I try not to ever overtalk the guests, but this just has me passionate because I think we both love the same thing. Yes. 
nobody knows this, but I but I'll publicly say this. You know what I do for comfort now? A lot of times I will drive and sit in the church parking lot. Yeah. And for some reason, just I guess it, where, like I said, I've had, I was married there. Yeah, I had my both of my kids were baptized there. I've had loved ones' funerals there. Mm-hmm. I mean, life has been there. Yeah, it's the central part of you, you. I won't go in. Yeah, don't know the code. I can give you the code. Um, I'm not booting it on here. Though. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, but but I, you know, but I, but I didn't have to. That's the interesting part. Right. Didn't have to. Yeah, just got on the ground. Mm-hmm. Right there. So one thing that hit me that reminded me, you hear this term a lot, and a lot of songs I like still have it in it, you know, holy ground. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Because to everybody that has an association there for any amount of time, Mm -hmm. there's something they've been through there, and we're still here to talk about it. We had people to help pull us through it. Yeah, it's a central location. I mean, what makes it holy is the people there, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, brick and mortar, there's nothing significant mm-hmm. about it. But it's a central location. It's what we all identify. I was married at the church. Yeah. Um, it's what we— I was there. It, yeah. It's the, way, <laughs> it's the way we identify every every highs and lows. That's the central location, the the same constant, even, even with family members that we've buried— out mm-hmm. back behind the church, the constant is the brick and mortar is still there, mm-hmm. and we can always go back there as a reminder of of that. That hey, we're gonna make it. We're gonna be all right. We just the main thing is you just put one foot in front of the other and don't give up and no. and just keep going. What would what would you suggest to the folks out there listening to us that you know they don't have a home church? Yeah, um, a lot of folks that I know, you know, honestly uh, that I've worked with for years and years. Um, they just never grew up in that environment. Yeah. You know, and honestly, they're, they're scared. They don't even know how to approach going into the church. Yeah. What What could you say to them to ease that, to to feel comfortable just well, visiting or going or, or how to how to start that process? Because yeah. we, we, we want to talk about the Bible a lot and we want to talk about Christ a lot, but sometimes I think... That's that's way above way above somebody's fear factor. The yeah. fear factor itself is just actually how to even get started there because they've never been introduced or told how. Right. I think one of the one of the things that that people struggle with a lot is the old way at Beaver Dam. Mm-hmm. Do you remember remember how it used to be at Beaver Dam? And I'm I'm not a fan of it anymore. Um, but was, we used to have our ushers that would sit three on one side and three, three on, on the, the other, other. and. Um, the preacher would get up and he'd look around and he'd say, hey, if you're visiting with us, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand up. No one wants to raise their hand up. No. Everybody's going to walk into a church and think, am I going to have to give a prayer? Am I going to have, like, like to this day, I love my dad more than anything in this world, but if I called on my dad, Chris Couch, to pray, he would get up and run out of that church. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And because people And you'd get beat down yeah, afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes people just want to come. And do their thing and disappear in the crowd. That's why a lot of the mega churches are flourishing, um, because um, you you get that feeling of um, of of being lost in the crowd. You're kind of being lost in the crowd. Um, you know, just they don't really know my name. I like going there, um, but but what you lose is that that church fellowship and that association that that Christ kind of commands is that discipleship. Mm-hmm. Um, we're actually not called to to be comfortable. So I guess. To answer that question is, if if someone is thinking, well, number one, they have to see the value in in spirituality. They have to see the value in 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 what they're doing because if no one sees the value in in going to church, they're 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 not going to go. They're, they may go because they they might feel like um, they should experience something emotionally, and that's because you can thank the Benny Hens and right. all these other. Whack job preachers that right. well, I ain't even preachers. All these whack job people that just give a false gospel. Yeah, um, and collect but, envelopes of money. Yeah, yeah, and and they think that I, if I go to, to if I go to church, um, then I should feel some kind of so, something. I should emotionally have a response for going, and that's just that's not always always the case. No. Um, so I think I think the first thing I would tell anybody listening is you need you need to see the value in it. You know, one of the one of the reasons. Not to have an apologetic type of 
of of service or or podcast here a moment, but right. but one of the unifying questions that I get from everybody is why are you so passionate about what you believe? And um, well, I'm passionate because I mean the Bible was written from what, forty different authors over two thousand years um, mm-hmm. from start to finish. They had no Google, they had no cross references, they only had one unifying um, person, and that was. God himself, 2 Timothy says that all scriptures God breathed. Mm-hmm. And from Genesis to Revelation, from 40 different authors over almost 2,000 years, there's not a single error in it. And the unifying theme over the whole Bible is that God has given mankind a way out for his problem. And right. um, and it all fits together. If you just take time to read mm-hmm. that, that prophecies that was made in 770 B.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, was fulfilled down to the day um, in, in Christ triumphant entry, for example. Daniel 9 talked about the 69 weeks of years being uh, 173,880 days from when the temple was rebuilt. Mm -hmm. And the Bible has historically stood up against the test of time and that Jesus was a historical man that people didn't even believe in. Flavius Josephus, who wrote to Nero, was writing about Jesus. And, I mean, Jesus was exactly did what the Bible said he did. He was mm-hmm. who he said he was. And that's why I, I, I believe what I believe mm-hmm. um, because it's historically proven over over time. And so I think the first statement would be people have to see the value in it, number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, if they wanted to find a good church home to go to, um, f- the, the biggest battle we face right now is online. Mm-hmm. Get online. Watch what they do. I mean, are they making their visitors put on a special hat and sit in front of everybody? If they are, don't go. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> you know, um, but if they if they come and it's general, everybody's welcome. Look, I don't care. I don't care whether you've got the jab or not. Right. I don't care whether you white, black, Hispanic. Um, right. I don't care if you if you have tattoos. You don't. I don't wear a suit and tie when I preach. I, I don't care if you're fat, and I love that. fat, small. I'm just saying I love that part about it. Yeah. I, I, I don't care who you are. Um, you need to go to a church where you're welcome. You can come in. I don't care if you got a track record in the in the judicial system that's 40 pages long. I don't I don't care. I mm-hmm. generally don't care. And right. I think that's that's one of the most important things is people need to see the value in it. Find one that would make them feel comfortable. And find somebody that makes them feel welcome. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they have it, you know, um, they'll know. You know, and it's 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 really, I think that is key because, and I say this, and I'm going to be biased because uh, this show I can say anything. And I'll, I'll probably catch some grief from this from certain people, and that's okay. Um, I'm used to that in <laughs> me. But I'll say you personally – um, you brought a a different um, sense of being wanted back to Beaver Dam. Mm-hmm. Um, and this isn't well. This is me talking, but this is a lot of people that I know. Um, you know, I even got to the point where this past week, because we you know we were supposed to do this last Thursday, you know, but uh, Lori was sick. Everybody was sick. Well, the first thing she does is go to go to her phone and pull you up. You know, to watch. Yeah. And that's a big deal. When somebody's going, you know, I, I want to hear that. And I'll tell you what the response is that I'm getting of why. And I say this because this is spiritual health. This this helps folks, whether you're sitting on that physical ground or not. You're telling them the truth. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you're also... You're you're not a, you're not acting as if you're a prophet yourself. Right. You fully have admitted in many of your sermons, in conversations, that what you're saying or what or what you're battling, you've you've had to battle this too. Yeah. Um, that in turn also adds a comfort level, right? Because there are folks that are scared to talk to preachers because they think that a preacher is sin-free, mm-hmm. and is like Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, first, there isn't a preacher alive that is, right. but... Finding one that will admit their, their faults is a, is a problem. And finding one that will laugh about it, too. Yeah. Laugh about their life. Yeah. You know... Um, That's how I deal with life. I laugh. I'm, dude, I'm, I deal with laughter. Well, Everything. I can find humor. You know, what I've done for so long in my life... 
had a lot of dark moments because it had to do with a lot of death. Right. And a lot of our listeners deal with this daily. But you got to find humor in things because, see, if you have certain beliefs, you understand that that, that body's a shell. It's no longer needed. It's just, it was your, it was your residency for a short amount of time. Yes. It was an eternity. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different thing. That's right. Um, you were talking the other day, and this was a really good impact, and I actually shared this with a couple of nurse friends of mine. Uh, you were talking about grace yeah. uh, versus, uh, what was the other? Mercy. Uh, mercy. And that hit home yeah. because, you know, people need to hear that. You know, you don't have to walk around. Let's say you've been hurt. Mm-hmm. Whether it's on a professional level, you know, we all have those bosses or we all have, uh, in medical world, we have those patients that hurt you all the time. And you're trying your best, but, man, your feelings get hurt. Uh, or people in your world that have done you wrong or something. You know, to be able to forgive that burden. Yep. Because you're the one walking around with it. People don't realize that. Yeah. The other person's moving on with their life. Yeah, you're only hurting yourself. Really makes for a happier day. Mm-hmm. Um, when you instantly can do that, and you know something, that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. You have to teach yourself to do it. That's right. You have to believe to do it. Um, so I just thought I'd throw that out there for a lot of listeners because, uh, you know, a lot of you folks that are listening, you know, you're. I'm not telling you to believe one way or the other. I, I never do that. But right. what I like about the situation of spiritual health is someone like Brandon – if you know someone, or, or, you know, even you can contact me at andy at selectcarerx.com um, anytime with questions for Brandon um, or just questions in general about just anything about your own spiritual health, about what you need, what you need to be built up. Because a lot of people feel run down. They feel like, you know, they just can't take another step. But medically, they're fine. Yeah. I've been there. I've been there, Andy. You know, not many people know this, but I've shared it with my church before y'all got here. But uh, January is coming up on now three years. Mm-hmm. I just I lost it mm-hmm. mentally. I just reached the end of my rope. Yeah, you uh, have told me about that. And uh, it was, um, you know, I, the doctor. I'll tell you anything you want to know. The doctor put me on Paxil and I took myself off of it mm-hmm. after that same week because mm-hmm. I just didn't didn't like the way it made me feel. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. I'm, dude, I'm not here to tell you. I hate to say dude, but I, I, I will no. never, I will never give you anybody advice on whether or not they should get the vaccine. I mean, the mm-hmm. doctor's not calling me to do heart surgery, right? So why someone calling to give me advice for medical stuff? I, right. You know, I mean, right. if you need advice on spiritual spirituality or truth, um, call me. You know, um, I've been there and I have, with help from good counselors. I'm a counselor, licensed yes. counselor. Um, right. But I couldn't get myself out of that hole of depression and anxiety right. and. I, I did it through the help of the good Lord. And listen, anybody listening, if if, if somebody if it gives them the strength to say, you know what, I don't have a church home, I want to I go on record in saying, um, I, if you need help, I'm not going to go down the membership roster at Beaver Dam. Mm-hmm. Um, if you need help, if, if, if you say, you know what, I just can't take no more of this, can you look at this from a different vantage point? Um, I'm struggling with anxiety, fear, depression, doubt, whatever it is. You can you can get my contact info from Andy, and I'll talk to anybody that wants to wants to. We're all in this together, and uh, well, and that's why that was the biggest importance that I wanted to have you, because out of and, and I mean this is a compliment. I never I've never said it to your face, and so uh, don't go taking a big head and walking out like ha ha. He said it, <laughs> but one thing about Brandon is Brandon is is not only your your pastor. Brandon has funny stories that have nothing to do with the church, but <laughs> but when you God made some people, I believe, that don't need to answer your question, they're made just to listen, a sounding board, mm-hmm. and how therapeutic that is sometimes just to speak. It's it's almost like confession. Yeah, for example, um, and Brandon Jagai. Because we all get frustrated. Oh, yeah. We all get bent out of shape, and, and he has to deal with the same things that make us get bent out of shape. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mind whether it's text or whether it's 
sitting in the parking lot talking to you right. or whatever, anytime I see the opportunity, you know, we may just be talking about nothing and laughing. Right. Or I may just tell you something that you don't know it, but I would have never told anybody in the world. Right. And just the, and I hate to have that as a dumping ground, but or use you as a dumping ground, but that's what I'm here for. But you were blessed enough to be able to take that and cope with it. And another thing that I've noticed about you is your memory is like an elephant. Oh yeah, I got a great. Memory. It's like, yeah, too good. Like yep. sometimes, like hey, uh, forget us, forget that conversation. But <laughs> I can remember ago. just about yeah. everything. Right, and. So I just tell a lot of our listeners, you know, because most people that will listen to it are they're dealing with themselves or family members that it's a crazy time to be in a medical field too. With, I mean, listen, just as just as I've never pastored a church through a pandemic, there's people that signed up to be nurses and doctors that's never never thought they would be doing this through a pandemic. So and there are people that came out of retirement; they were cushy. Yeah, they were done. And they literally stood up from their cushy beach side, wherever they yep. had retired to, to come back into this to help people. And that wasn't about money. No. That no. was about love. We all kind of have the same industry. We're in the people business. And we are. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty awesome. And I appreciate you having me on today. No, absolutely. And uh, like I wanted to tell everybody, if, if, you, if you're in the Williamson area or you have access to any mobile device um, – Right now, I know, Brandon, I wanted to put this out there, too, for you, Brandon. You didn't yep. ask me to do this because I actually asked Brandon to be on the show. But they're working on their audiovisual right. right now, and uh, they're raising money for that. And I think that's an important fact, and we want to help you do that. Um, so, you know, like I said, once again, Andy at SelectCareRx.com, get a hold of me. I will get you to Brandon because we, we want that opportunity because a lot of you guys aren't in the area. Um, yeah. A podcast. And then and, and – even on that, with it being a pandemic, again, I'm not I'm not in the business to tell people how they should live their life. Um, so there's people that that are part of our church who do not feel comfortable coming right. because of the pandemic, but we love them just as much, and they That's are right. owed um, the best service. We have it. We have online right now through Facebook, and mm-hmm. um, but it's just not that great. So we're 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 trying to step that up, and um, so we're we're working towards that. You can you guys can check us out. You know, I'm not I'm not here to sell the church. Um, well, I kind of am in a, in well, a way. Well, can. I mean, no, I, in, in, <laughs> well, I'm here to sell you because I want people to see you at the church because you're you're a resource to the community of healthcare workers. You're a resource to all. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know of anybody that doesn't like you, and you know, except probably the people you beat down in high school. Uh, I, did, I didn't. Well, that you wanted to. Um, <laughs> But at the same time, you know, I've talked so much with regulators. I've talked with so many doctors on this show, uh, executive directors. But this episode was perfect to have because spiritual health is just as important as you have in your yearly physical. It is. It is. And, and, and to be honest with you, this is like, a, like Brandon said, it's not to sell a church, but I, I'm just telling you from my own reference. Check out, you know, Beaver Dam on Facebook yep, out of Williamston. Yep. There's a lot of beaver dams if you look it up, so I know you need to put in Williamston. Yes. Um, but but do check that out if you need to if you want to have a conversation. If you're an executive director, if you're a hospital administrator, if you're a nurse, CNA, and you're you're rolling through a hard time and you just need somebody to speak with, reach out to me. I'll get you to Brandon. You look at me. You can look me up on Facebook. Yeah, you know? Brandon Couch. I look like Matthew uh, McConaughey. I'm just shorter, fatter, and my face is different. Yeah, that's kind of me. I look like Keanu Reeves. But yeah. <laughs> just messed up, Keanu, you know. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, Brandon will make you laugh, but Brandon will also be there to listen to you. And, you know, if it's, you know, you know, religion is not your thing, that's okay. That's right. That We accept that, too. Mm-hmm. We just want you to have, I do, and I know Select Care Pharmacy, who sponsors our show, we want you to have an outlet of somebody to talk to. That's right. And Brandon is so level-headed because Brandon has experienced many of the things that you're feeling, many of the things that that you're going through right now. Um, and it's really nice to have somebody that's non-judgmental there to listen to you. Well, I appreciate that, Andy, and I don't have any money to give you. Um, well, you know, to be quite honest with you, um, <laughs> I don't have any money to give you either, so, so we're going to be even on that. But... Uh, 
once again, no, I really do appreciate no, you taking you. the time because I know I, I had a cancel last Thursday. I had a cold, and Brandon was fighting one at the beginning of the week. I know he's still fighting one now. Yeah, feeling um, better though. Feeling better. Who you got? Who you got this weekend? Um, well, Carolina. Yeah. I mean, I I cannot listen. You see the uh, my Carolina ring zone, okay? I, I see that. It, it doesn't matter to me. I will die. There's a saying. I'm Carolina born. I'm Carolina bred, and when I die, I'll be Carolina dead. Yes. So, all these other, I respect some other coaches. Yeah. But they're not Carolina. Yeah, I just don't like Clemson. You know, and I. You know that I, I might, we have a standing even with your own family. We go back and forth, but well, I tell Lori that all the time, and, and I remind them to look at their um, postgraduate degrees, and they're all from Carolina. Yeah, there's a reason for that. You there's know, a I, reason for that. I named my son Bryce Williams right. Bryce Stadium. That's correct. Know. So, how do you know you're from Williamston? You name your kid after the stadium that you pull for. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I named our boys Noah and Nate, but I do know it was for I could at least yell it and. It would come out like together. Yeah, you know. Uh, now they're men. Now when I yell it, I hear what you like, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. But so, got a question? All right. Here, here's the question, I, and and I like to ask everybody this at the end of the podcast. Okay. If you had to write a book today, yeah, what would the title of that book be? Uh, enjoying the journey. Enjoying the journey. Yep. Well, Brandon, I think you got a lot more journey left. I appreciate that. Um. I'd like to see, personally, I'd like to see uh, maybe some more music kind of come. Yeah, you know, I played way. professionally for a while, played bluegrass, made tens of dollars doing that. and Yeah, you can play. now. You See, that's just fun to watch. That's another side of Brandon that's just – because I think that's your therapeutic outlet. It I, is. Because I, when I saw you smile, and this is just me going back to doing what I do for a living, and all of a sudden you see a piece come before yep. you're having to go through a whole nother sermon and go through that, and you're already tired because you've worked a whole week at work. Yep. You've done everything, and all of a sudden now it becomes fun. That's my outlet. And I said, you know what? That's That makes it right there. It's like you can be tired as you can want to be, and all of a sudden you get fired up right there because that song just – you have to go where the song takes you. Yep. And you got good music too. Yeah. But, you know, so maybe – do a little more of that, maybe a little recordings from the church or something. That'd be pretty cool. We're working on it. Hey, and like I said, if, if anybody wants to check Brandon out, Brandon Couch, he's on Facebook, Beaver Dam Baptist Church in Williamston, South Carolina on Midway Road. You can't miss it. Uh, as always, if you have any questions for me um, or you would like to – or any questions about who or what you'd like to hear from any uh, episodes, you can always reach me at andy at selectcarerx.com. Uh, and until next week, um, have a good Thanksgiving, everybody, and we will see you then. Thank you for listening to We Think, We Talk. All information discussed on this show is for entertainment purposes only. Please contact your medical or healthcare professional for more medical advice.